What is up, everybody? Jeffrey Lyles on the scene. Lyles Movie Files is rocking in your ear. This is a special episode for us. We have achieved episode 50. We hit our first big milestone. Hopefully there's 50 more to come and 50 more after that. Joining me for this show is little brother Jace. What's up? What's up, bro? And got the mute button the first time this time. What? A winner is you. Congratulations. Chief, what's happening with you, man? Everything is good, Jeff. Everything is good. You know, um, shout out to Javon, Jace, and uh, whoever done it is. You know what I mean? So, uh, but everything is good. You good? I'm good, man. I'm ready to get this thing started. Indeed. Jay King, what's up, man? What's good, Jeff? What's good, man? Chief, Chase, glad to do this I ain't been here for the full 50, man, but I don't know. I don't even know how long it's been, but here's to 50 more tons of success, man. This, is, this has been a, a welcome part of my weeks. Um, always look forward to it. But that's it. Thank, and thanks to the listeners, man, for real. Thank y'all. All right. Well, let's just jump right into it. Uh, so today marked the start of the CW kind of pumping out their trailers for their big Arrowverse shows. So we saw a Supergirl trailer, uh, Flash, Arrow, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow. So we've seen what's to come. Fellas, are any of these trailers exciting you about the seasons to come? <laughs> That's a lot of silence. I was going right. to say, uh, I didn't... I haven't seen any of the new trailers, so that that is going to go over my caveat. What I saw at Comic Con, I, I I'm I'm whelmed, so maybe I, I I'm going to put myself on mute for a little bit and see if I see something that really jumps out. That oh wow, that's really going to make this season exciting. But uh, I I don't know if that's going to be the case. So we'll see what happens. Chief, how about you, man? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, last season, except for Black Lightning, I think every everything kind of like Flash. I think it had a slight dip. Uh, in the previous season, um, so uh, you know maybe they can bounce back from that. Come up. Um, when the, didn't the last show end with a uh, a kid from the future or something? Yeah. So very um, nice, you know. Kid. Yeah, so I mean, maybe maybe this season will be, you know, um, like I said, man, you know, twenty-seven episodes for 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 a guy that they killed simply in the last episode uh, was was a bit much. And uh, Supergirl, the first half wasn't it the first half of last season of Supergirl was awesome. It was. It was really good. It got me back it into the really show and, and wanted to watch more of it. And then the roof yeah, the first collapsed half, and the yeah. ceiling dropped. And then the second half of that of Supergirl was just, I mean, like I said, man, you know, uh, you know, Chocolate Daddy, you know, 13 Kukaroos. Um, so that, that went bad. Um, I don't watch Arrow. Black Lightning was good throughout. Uh, so we'll see, man. I'm, I'm not really, I can't say that I'm excited. Uh, the, what's my call this coming back? Uh, the song, the, the show I watched, the, uh, uh, Lucifer? No, no, no. The uh, the uh, the mutant, and I can't think of it right now. Gifted. Yeah, the gifted, gifted's coming back, and that was good. That was good. So 
but um, I don't I don't think it's a CW show, but I'm saying it's coming back. So I'm looking forward to that as far as you know superheroes, superhuman shows go. But um, yeah. So we'll we'll see, man. I, I, I nothing but Black Lightning last season left me kind of impressed, and maybe Black Lightning because I didn't know where it was going. I had no mm-hmm. clue of you know, and it didn't take you know. Uh, Thirty years for the for 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 them to figure out anything, you know, um, <laughs> you know. So you know, if you got two enemies and you're getting shot out, it's gonna be one or the other. So it's it's pretty, you know. Uh, we'll see. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the gifted. I'm looking forward to Black Lightning. The the other shows I will watch. I'm not sure about Supergirl. I watch Flash. <sighs> Supergirl, Supergirl, Supergirl. I don't know. But yeah, I'm glad Paul is back. You know, some good shows will be coming back. So, I'll, you know, we'll see what happens. The interesting thing for me is, I just checked Luke Cage's second season uh, was on June 22nd. That's when it all dropped. So I've watched that. I've watched Iron Fist season two. Gunner, what's up, man? We're talking about Netflix shows. Uh, we're talking about the CW Arrowverse shows. What what are you excited about coming forward this fall? Uh, I want to see where they go with Arrow with the uh, with him in jail. Although, I mean, what I mean, are they going to prolong it? I'm hoping they don't like, you know, his whole season he's just in there, and then all of a sudden he comes out because that just makes for a boring outside world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Flash definitely looking forward to the new old villain. That sounds awesome. How about Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow? I was silent on purpose. That's it. <laughs> what about Black Lightning? You, uh, you oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Too? But I'm I'm not excited that they added like twenty, ten more, ten to fifteen more shows. Right? Like that's yeah. it was cool because it was nice and pithy last time. I was like, oh, word, that's perfect. Now you know, mm. <laughs> a little worried about that. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat because I watched those two Netflix seasons. I watched Luke Cage season two, Iron Fist season two. And Cage was 13 episodes, and Iron Fist was 10. And I didn't feel like they had a wasted episode. And when it was over, it was like, cool. That was exactly how long that story needed. While I wanted to see the story continue, I felt like, okay, that's good for right now. I'll come back next year and get the next installment. But I feel like both of those shows would have suffered so much if they were if they tacked on another 10 or 12 episodes just to stretch things out to go a whole regular TV season. And I'm kind of surprised that even though they have more shows than they know what to do with, even had to bump uh, Supergirl to Sunday nights and double dip on some shows, like Arrow is on the same night as uh, Legends and Black Lightning and Flash are on the same nights. I think it would be better for them to just kind of break up, maybe do eight episodes and then you have your mid-season break, then throw in your other show, for eight episodes and then come back and wrap up the other one. But I'm just not excited about any of them. And I think it's because I really like the Netflix model of 10, 13 episodes and then I'm done. And they're in the last stretch of Arrowverse shows didn't have me feeling like any of them warranted 22, 23 episodes. I really think they're going through fatigue with the writing, man. That's why, I mean, that's why they're kind of, if they're saying they're losing ratings and they're moving the shows, shuffling the shows around, probably because they're too long. I mean, the season's meaning they're too long. 
I, I, you know, we don't need the love stories four episodes in a row. We damn sure don't need a karaoke episode ever. And we're not even going to talk about Legends, Care Bears situation, whatever the hell that was. So, I mean, I, then the crossover, the crossover should have been so much better than what it was. Like, it was just, oh, it was so terrible. I always feel like with them nowadays, they're focusing so much on the crossover that everything else kind of, you know, they can't quite maintain the same level of consistency and quality. So it's like after the crossover, most of the shows really suffered. Supergirl was, I honestly feel like Supergirl was the best of the bunch until its break. And then when it came back, it was a shambles and a shell of itself. But before then, it was really, really good. And I and that was probably around episode ten, and if they had just left that that cross or cliffhanger, where Rain beat Supergirl, and just left her laying, and that was it. We had to wait another year or nine months to see what happened. I think people really would have been excited for the next season. Instead, you know, Rain's going to get beaten, and everything's going to be pretty much status quo. So I, I don't know. And I'm really not looking forward to Supergirl. I may not be watching that until the crossover, just because uh, John's not going to be in head of Star. Wynn has been replaced by Brainiac, who's lame, and I just can't stand him. And I'm just not excited about Supergirl at all. Wait, John's not ahead of the DEO? Who's that? Never mind. No, Alex is now in charge because she was the best person. Notice I didn't watch the end of it because I just couldn't get through it. I was like, this whole rain situation is wonderful, but everything else that in between really just, I wouldn't say it ruined it. I'll probably catch up one day, but like, you know, the wire season two. But I just, I just, it was just nothing for me anymore. I was just like, are they going to, are they going to battle now? Okay. Yep, keep it moving. Right. It's like, okay, fellas, thanks. Thanks for whatever it was you were trying to do. All right. The reveal, so then, I mean, did any did any of the reveals of new characters coming to the CW guys make you guys want to watch any more of the shows? Who's coming? There's like a I, thousand. I, I want to see people. why Supergirl's dressed like Iron Man. That could be Red Sun uh, Supergirl. Yeah, I just I just watched it and I was like, uh, okay, oh, yeah, Red yeah, Sun. I mean, Supergirl. there could be the there could be the Red Sun Supergirl needs the costume. Uh, I mean, there, there's some ways to go, but it's just like I I mean I I know I sent the list to everybody and I, I was just like, oh yeah, none yeah. of these people sound yeah. like they're interesting characters that are going to drive the season. It's like last season Supergirl introduced Morgan Edge. Where's Morgan Edge? You know, how many episodes are you going to be in? Yeah, we're done with it. How many episodes was he in last time? Like four? Seriously. I don't think, I think four is an exaggeration. I think he, I think his last episode was the season, the mid-season break. And then after that, I don't think he, he might have come back once. But it was like, okay, you guys had a good actor and you guys didn't really show why Morgan Edge is really doing anything. But you guys dropped a ball on that to go focus on something else. It's like, as much as I talked about Arrow last season, the fact that they actually are keeping their main bad guy, Ricardo Diaz, for the next season is like, well, if he wasn't a big threat this season, last season, maybe this year, he actually becomes a bigger threat. So that's actually a positive 
to me, it's like, okay, I didn't, maybe, maybe it'll be like iron, kind of how iron fits. Like some of the stuff didn't seem like it was working, but now that they've kind of course corrected, it actually seems it could work next season. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, and with Supergirl, I'm very, I'm not quite sure what the word is for it, but they're, they've made a lot of headlines because they're going to be introducing a transgender character onto the show. And Supergirl, was it the sec- second season, focused a lot of time on Alex realizing that, hey, I'm a lesbian. And, oh, I like this other gay chick too and and yeah we should hook up and get married because that'll make all the problems perfect I'm and I thought for the most part they handled Alex's coming out pretty decently for the most part outside of the whole lack of no one having a problem with it except for Kara for like two minutes but I feel like they're also going to gloss over issues that are really thoughtful that are worth discussing when you introduce a transgender character onto the show. And I feel like they're just going to try to gloss over that and go, well, it's just perfectly normal. Everybody's fine with it. Are you guys, what do you guys think about this? Will Supergirl botch the handling of this or will it just be one of those deals where everyone should accept it? So every character on our show is going to accept it. They're going to buy hey, it. Oh yeah. Well, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. They're just going mean, to botch it. Bye. Oh yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, this is great. Anyways, they're not even going to subject. Everybody's just fine with it. And whatever, whatever. Which is great. Everybody's fine with it. But when they say everything's fine with it, they gloss over it. Like, like, like when people say, I don't see race. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's going to yeah. be terrible. It's going to be terrible. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm just like, no. They're not going to do anything well with it. And if they do, it's going to be that one episode where they key in on, like, somebody's, like, like last time with the dad, right? They're going to key yeah. in on, like, one person who's, like, an offshoot character. Like, be daring at least. Have, like, a main character, like, yo, I'm not cool with this. Have, like, Wen be like, yo, this is whack. You know what I mean? Like, have Wen be, like, yeah. total trans against it. Like, somebody main. Like, back in the day, in the 80s, they used to have people do that all the time. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they would compromise later or whatever. whatever. But at the same time, yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's like, they, they they're not no, you hit it, Gunner. They're going to have super bigot that they can throw away by the end of the episode. Yeah. Right. So instead of like how, like I said, in the 80s, they would actually be like a season-long arc mad about the black person in the character, in the cast. Like, right. it's not one episode. It's like, ah, he's messing up our dynamic. You know, this person's really a rogue element. We got to get rid of him. I mean, hey, it could have been a woman back in the 80s. It's like, hey, what's this, what's this white woman doing in our newsroom? She's really messing up our flow. We we had a good thing going and that would be a season long thing. But they'll Supergirl has it, it it'll do exactly like it did with all all uh, topical issues. They'll do it from one issue and then botch it and then okay, we're done with that, right? See we tackled it. Give us some accolades. Yay us. But no, they're gonna botch it. Alright, so our boy John Snow, Kit Harrington has made some headlines yesterday because he questioned why no gay actor has starred in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. And it didn't really seem to be that well thought out of a discussion point because he wasn't saying, why is there no gay character uh, headline in a Marvel film, but a gay actor. And I just was kind of curious, is it a deal where we've got to meet certain quotas? Like, 
we need an LGBT character to be fully representative of everybody? Does it need your sexuality mean that, okay, you're gay, you can now get this role or what? I just thought it was an odd statement where he's trying to be inclusive, but limiting roles that gay actors can play. Rupert Everett played Julie Roberts' best friend in My Best Friend's Wedding, and it wasn't a thing of, hey, he's got to be gay to to make that character work. And I just don't understand why it would need to be like, hey, this guy's gay. He is now a star of a Marvel film. And do you think Marvel cares about the sexuality of their uh, actors? Okay, Jeff, you say that, and how one of the more interesting, uh, let me say this, one of the more controversial things that Marvel's done is make uh, Iceman gay. Why? Some some writer decided it was a funny little prank. And decided to make him gay, and they decided. To make him gay. I don't know if it was a prank. Maybe they thought it was uh, a thoughtful way to do it. I whatever. disagree one hundred percent with okay. that decision, because okay. that character was not gay as he was written for uh, twenty, thirty years. Yeah, it's like now that's you've actually hit, hit my hit where I'm going to go on my next point. It's you don't need to say where where is the gay actor. It's like, hey, Marvel, how about you guys? actually make a character that is representative of the world today for your comic books and introduce them into a movie. That's a bigger statement versus saying, why doesn't a gay actor have a lead? It's like, I'm not, I mean, like you said, like, we're not testing, hey, are you gay? It's like, that would actually be more annoying if, if I'm an actor. It's like, hey, uh, are you gay? No, I'm, 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 I'm auditioning for a role. Like, what are you asking about that for? It's like, I'm trying to, whatever you ask for in a casting call, is what I'm trying to do, not what my sexual orientation is. That, that's just like, I, I want to throw this out there, act like I'm topical. Like, no, just, just build up a case on why, why you think that's something that should be happening. Not just I have a real question for you. Do Go. you guys think that Marvel Studios, a branch of Marvel Studios, oh, I'm sorry, a branch of Walt <laughs> Disney, would have a LGBT character headline a, a movie understanding there's probably going to be a section of their audience is not going to be down for that. Yes. I mean, yeah, they, have, they have to at some point. Yeah. I mean, shoot, it took them this long to get black folks and a black director and black, um, you know, producers on their networks, ABC. And so then they finally figured out it was gangbusters. So I imagine it'll take another like 50 years, but sure. I mean, that's just their track record. I mean, yeah, I think it'll take some years. Hey, for what it's worth, they weren't ready for a black sports center. You think they're going right. to be ready for a game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on now. <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. Well, remember, Disney is actually about to introduce their first, uh, I think, gay princess or gay. There's like some inclusive uh, uh, cartoon actor going to be introduced. So, it's not that far out of the realm for Disney to do, but it just has to make sense. That's an auxiliary character in a larger entity, right? Mm -hmm. What we're talking about is the bankability of a gay character. The bankability. Yeah, main character, the bankability of that. And you've got to remember, cross-section of this country still don't like to get their news from a black person. (laughs) They're not going to want to take their kids to see the movie featuring 
the gay character because they, they you got people who will actually feel like their kid's going to become gay from watching the movie because the character was gay. True. That's a, I mean, that's a big conversation. I mean, honestly, that's a big yeah. conversation for some people who really can't even stand to see, you know, a black president. Like, so that, yeah. that would just be like, nah, it's like, wait, so he's somebody who looks like me and does this? Oh, they're just, I mean, that's a bigger conversation that somebody's supposed to like 50 years away from having. I'm trying to pull up some other numbers, but what would you say the population of LGBT is in America? Based off the media. Huh? 2%. Hey, based off the media, you'd say 38%. Yeah. Right. You'd say 38% of the country's gay. It is, according to this most recent poll back in May, 4.5. Oh, it's more, because it used to be 2. That's probably more people identifying. More people, yeah, exactly. More people are like, hey, you know what? So that makes sense. I mean, the last stat I saw was like in 2016. So there's that. So by 2055, the breakdown is expected to be 48% white, 24% Hispanic, 14% Asian, and 13% black. Now, my question for you, fellas, why don't we see more actors championing more Asian films, more Hispanic films, more black films? No black, no black, no Hispanic, no black uh, 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 Asian executives in no, no, no. I mean, but <laughs> the decision-making Harry, process. I mean, Harry, there just aren't as many. Jon Snow <laughs> is not a uh, executive. He's just a regular actor who's saying, "Hey, Marvel, why hasn't a gay actor started in a Marvel movie?" But that's three. Answer your question. Four point five. Just answering your question. Go ahead, Chief. No, nah, well, this is the thing, right? So. Over in Japan, China, wherever, um, Mexico, they have their own movies. They have their own actors, right? So they go see American movies, but they have their own movies that they see from their own people. See, we are Americans. We're not African. So, like, if you go to an African grading shop, they're watching movies from Africa. Um, Nollywood so, all day. Nollywood, exactly. So what I'm saying is this. We don't have a base to go through for our movies as black. So we watch whatever American movies come out. Chinese, Asians, you know, Koreans, whatever. They've got their own country with their own superstars, with their own movie guys. So they have a base already to pull from where they don't have to complain because they have a, a true home to go from, you know, where they came from. Um, where they have their own movies. So it's no sense to cry over uh, the representation of American movies because they have their own base and their own movie stars. Like, every once in a while you'll hear, uh, like, one of their singers dies from something. But you, you've never heard of them here. But over in Korea, they were crazy, you know, they were crazy big or whatever because they have their own superstars over there. You know what I mean? So they don't have to complain here in the U.S. because they have their own culture to run to for their movies. And that's something that we as black Americans, we can't run to anything like that. We don't have a, a place to go to for black American movies per se. So um, that's why they're cool. Like if you go to, you know, the Mexicans, they have their own 
movie stars in their own movies, uh, you know, Asians, I mean, uh, Indians, they have their own people, their own movies that they, they, that represent their culture. You know what I mean? Um, and what American movie would represent, really represent their culture to, to their standards. You know, when they want to see a Korean movie right. and, and so the, the realism, yeah, yeah, the realism mm-hmm. for them, it's from over there. It's not here. So. Because you know uh, the sad part about know, that, Chief, not to cut you off. To a degree, a lot of folks, a lot of minorities are still represented in caricatures and, and stereotypes of who they actually are as people. The Indian, if you're an Indian in a movie or TV show in America, you still got to talk with the heavy, oversaturated Indian accent. If you're a Latino, you got to be extra Latino. You know what I mean? You got to be the Hollywood version of whatever the the expected stereotype is. And you know, the funny thing, y'all was talking about the gays being, gays being represented in the movies more, right? But here's the thing about that too. You, I don't know if you guys, we just had a conversation about the token black guy, remember yeah. the '90s yeah. movie, the all white character. Not even '90s. Then, you gotta go '90s, well, '80s. I know exactly where you're well, going with this. '80s, yeah, Hollywood, so token, mannequin. Token yeah. black guy, yeah. <laughs> and we hate token black guy. Like we used to clown that dude. Yes. You know what I mean? We see him in the movies, we start laughing. Oh, here he is. You know what I mean? Would, would as, as a gay Point person, would you be with the token gay guy? Like. Listen. Do you not remember Mannequin, where they kind of they get a twofer? The total they got Hollywood, who was Jesus. yeah, he was a Hollywood. He was super flaming. You know what I mean? Where it's like, what? Like, yo, if I were gay, I'd be yeah. pissed off just by thinking about that character. And then, then, um, you know, and then you got the token black dude who's like, yeah, I'm black and gay. Here we go. And how many times have they done that? By the way, not that it was like yeah. the only black representation because we don't have that. Wow. That didn't have that much at that time was gay. You know what I mean? And you were just like, wait a minute. Do we, mm-hmm. you know, are we just throwing this at us too? Or what's going Hunter, on? They're like, still yes, doing I know that plenty of... now, man. And I was watching this movie on Netflix and the and only black dude the... happened to be gay. I'm like, come on, man. I mean, it was a high school thing and I'm like, dude, there are other people here. I mean, there were several like white guys who could have been the gay guy and it would have been whatever. And with the one black dude, I was, and that was well, the Jeff, only thing I didn't this. like about the movie. Yeah. What's up, Javon? Tell me this. He couldn't just be gay. He had to be super. He couldn't just be gay, right? He had to be super gay. No, I think now. The I think that was the issue. Right. Yeah. yeah. He had to be the stereotype Nowadays, of both. He was <laughs> like, come on. Super flamboyant. He was like the, <laughs> the new age, cool gay guy. But the thing is, is like. Okay. I, I don't like the double dipping because I feel like there's still such a huge chasm of representation in these films. And I know they're black gay people. They're Asian gay people. They're Latino gay people. But if that's the only person in the movie is the, the check off two boxes character, I don't like that. Cause I mean, it's like you've got 20 white guys any of them could be the one gay person that you're not going to develop anyway. So why right. define it's the black? Like a, yeah, it's not like yeah. they develop it anyway. I think, yeah, yeah, we were talking about, did we have an episode about the token what black, is, like the tokenism of token black? Did I miss that one? Yeah. No, we were talking about it. We no, never we, did that show. Done that yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I won't go there, but at the same time, I want to, 
you just reminded me of one. Remember Can't, uh, was it, it wasn't Can't Hardly Wait, it was like the one with um, Heath Ledger and The Taming of the Shrew. And that I hate a- and Usher was like... Ten Things I Hate About You. <laughs> no. Was it Ten Things? It was the one that Usher in it, so it was... That was uh, like... Uh, she's all, all that. Together, right? She's all that. Yeah, that she's that. all that. Thank you. She's all, she's all that. that one. She... I'm sorry, not the Taming of the Shrew. I'm sorry. But yeah, well, actually, anyway. No, it was like, based off of that. But they yeah. actually had black people in that movie that were black you know, they were just, they just happened to be black. Usher was the dancing DJ, but they had little Kim, Gabrielle Union, <laughs> and what's my man uh, from Psych? He was in there, and they were that. just regular people who were black. But Usher was all like bopping and weaving, top, topping his hat off. That was his and, only but, role. He was the yeah. DJ, but they ever Do that dance like, in the, in the joint. Yeah. Do that dance we do. But at least they had other ones, so I can't really <laughs> not it. You're right. You're right. Unfortunately, I don't even remember. Usher I remember Gabrielle Union was in it, but Usher was like, oh, "Come on, man! Like you can do better." Than he was Bojangles, man. Well, at the time, Usher was not a big star. That was like his first foray into movies. So I understand he wanted to stick into his comfort zone, not not try to go too far. So I get why they did that. He was a bit of a stunt cast. Let's not try to make him act. We've got Paul Walker and uh. Our boy Freddie Prince for that, so we don't need that. That's what it was. Freddie Prince Jr. I couldn't remember that bad movie. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so the girl from that movie. We, to we just got all over on that one. So let me go on to my other topic that I actually wanted to have more discussion about. Fellas, I watched The Predator yesterday. And I'd want each of you to come up with a word that you would not associate with a Predator movie. Let's start with you, Chief. Love. All right, Gunner. Right, I was gonna be like uh, romantic. Okay, Javon. Uh, good. Watchable, no watchable, watchable. Wait a second, man. I'll come back to you in a second. But Jace, you you first. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, boring. All right, let me first address (laughs) Javon because no, man, the first one is '80s glorious, ridiculous, little plot, heavy action. Arnold Schwarzenegger as the ultimate man's man. We got Jesse Ventura, Carl Weathers. I mean, it is some alpha males getting chopped Bill up. Duke in that junk, too? Yeah, man. yeah. Bill Duke, how can I forget him? They, so, Bill Duke is in there. Hey, man, what's my man Billy Beer from 48 Hours? Sonny Lanham, he was in it. Yeah, so, I mean, so that movie was gravy. The super first need to make it again. Well, let's see, yeah, I, I was watching. I was watching. Oh no, 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 no! I was talking about like the whole franchise, just in general. And the, oh, the one with Adrian Brody, that was pretty good too. I mean, it wasn't like a classic movie, but it was more than serviceable, and I liked it. It's watchable. Yeah. So this one, the, that that word that I was hoping y'all would would think that hey, this is not something I associate with a Predator movie. Funny. This movie had way too much comedy. It was trying too hard to be a funny movie about that just so happened to involve Predator. Sounds like a bad formula. I saw a piece of that when I was watching the commercial when they were talking about what they were going to name the Predator. 
Yeah. Said, that's a funny moment. I said, and I thought to myself, I said, that that's kind of like a humorous moment there. I said, uh, usually they don't have that. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, man. Sometimes <laughs> it's just that ironic humor. But this one is trying to be like the hangover of action movies. Where it's like, look. Hey, dude. This ain't necessary right here. We need to have these jokers uh-huh. trying to take aim at head, making some headshots, trying not to get decapitated. Oh. But this film, there is actually a scene. I am spoiling it for you guys right here. There is a scene where the Predator jumps into an army jeep, and he's just slicing arms and heads. And then the guy who's driving, oblivious to it all, goes, hey, is everything okay? The Predator pulls out one of the arms, puts the thumb up, so it can be like, hey, everything's okay. Nah, B, I'm done with this movie already. That's just nah. No. That I mean, look. look I'm going to watch the Danny Glover joint again before I watch that. Nope. You ain't lying. Nope. And that was terrible. Nope. That was terrible. I mean, so this, look. This predator, this predator has lived on Earth for a while then? Nah, nah, <laughs> nah. I mean... You know, I mean, the, the weird thing was some of the jokes are funny, but I'm like, I'm not, I did not come to a Predator movie to laugh. I wanted to see some cool action. And it's like going, uh, yeah, oh, man, man. It, it's, it's all wrong. It's totally tone deaf. So this may, may enlighten you guys a bit more. The director for this film is Shane Black. And if you know the film that Shane Black did that I loathe the most, you would understand exactly the kind of movie we're into. If you don't know, the movie he directed that I hate the most is Iron Man 3. Because it took a superhero movie and made it into a buddy action comedy. And I'm like, dude, do any other movie. Do 84 hours. You don't need to change Iron Man to a buddy comedy. So he he's like uh, on this kick where he's like, I need to change the Predator format to be what I want it to be. I want to make a lot of jokes, have some crazy humor, and and have some weird statements about people in the army with PTSD, uh, folks with Tourette's syndrome, and Asperger's. So he covers so many offensive things, and it's amazing that the 20th Century Fox lawyers and editors weren't like, whoa, you can't say that. What on Fox? Please. Twenty fourth century Fox or twenty whatever century Fox. Twenty century Fox, yeah. Twenty century. So didn't aren't they No, they don't do that anymore, right? The yeah, Disney owns them now. I was thinking I was just like, wait a minute, that was old school Star Wars. Um but it seems like people are just uprooting canons and whatnot. You know, I mean the formula yeah, that is always worked and the which is like yeah. stupid. I don't even understand. I mean, I'm not saying go full Terminator, which is like, okay, you're beating a dead horse here. But <laughs> maybe you're beating a dead horse for Predator, quite frankly. I mean, maybe. But at the same time, Gunner, this is what we're paying for. We're not paying for the the Predator meets the Hangover. I don't I don't want to see that. It's right. like if you go to Hellraiser and, and it turns out to be a love story. I don't want to see Pinhead falling in love. Rip her flesh. Rip somebody's flesh off in here. Give me the the Cenobites and, and all that. That's what I'm, I I want to see. When it, you, you take the Predators and like when I saw the trailer, I saw Sterling K. Brown, who always looks like to me, he's taking a Valium and had a drink. I I don't get it. I don't get it with Sterling K. Brown. 
It's, it's, it's excitement. You know, perk up a little bit, buddy. Him, um, when I saw Keegan Michael Key in it, I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Oh, I'm not, so I'm, I remember no we talked about summer movies, and I said that he was in it, and that was the point where most of y'all checked out and were like, nah, I'm good on this one. Yep. And man, y'all were 100% right. I could not look at any scene he was in and buy into him shooting anything like he's going to hit it. I'm like, man, what is he no. doing in this? This this isn't a <laughs> This is part of the movie. Okay. Okay. But, man, yeah, I didn't like it. He's like the wrong comedian to do an action flick like that, right? Like, you yeah. know, like I'm sure back yeah. in the day, if there was social media, like we, we would have heard flack about Damon Wayans and, you know, the more money in twist of it, you know, and then and you know, other movies he was in, you know, but, but uh, here's the thing, guys. Boy Scout, those, all that. Yeah. But here's the thing: those two guys did action movies where they were the comic foil, but right. they still right. had serious moments, right? They still were right. able to have a serious moment. I, I don't think at. that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah, you're right. He's not the one. Keegan Michael Key is not like, the one for that. That dude is the Dave Chappelle replacement. Like. I mean, seriously, he's one half. He's one half of the Dave Chappelle replacement. One half the of the mini. Dave Chappelle replacement. Oh, and you God. see your other boy. I mean, they did a Saturday Night Live thing, like you know when like, oh, what's his name? Chris Farley died, and like you know, David Spade just kind of was glandering around doing whack shit. Like seriously. So uh, same thing with Dana Carvey. Like we ain't seen Dana Carvey since Saturday Night Live <laughs> anniversary joint. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> exactly, but you've seen his uh, his uh, his uh, co-partner, you know Wayne. <laughs> you've seen him everywhere. That dude reinvented another character. Like now, right. no one remembers Wayne anymore. Everybody remembers what's his name. Well, you know, what's a, a stupid. Hey, Shrek, you know, take your pick, Shrek or Austin Powers. You know, Austin Powers, really. But yeah, that's right. He's Shrek too, but people forget about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely Austin Powers. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> come on. And then he went in. Mike wow. Myers went into oh went into Inglorious Bass and just played like a random role again. Right. Anna Harvey has been gone for life. Right. Like so, I feel like this is like <laughs> Michael Key and Michael Key's like last key. Like you know what I mean? I'm like oh, well, done, dude. You better like I think the oh, last man. time I saw him was on like House of Lies. Like and he was playing a white dude playing a black dude. Like if that's not the low point <laughs> of your career. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I, I, that's literally who the character was. So I'm like, <laughs> oh my I, I mean, your career is done, dude. Your career is done. That's it. End of story. Oh my God. Meanwhile, so, Jordan Peele out here nominated for Oscars. Winning <laughs> Oscars. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> just Come on, man. On to the next projects, you know, yeah. big time stuff. People lining up to work with him. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the whack Predator movie. He ain't even he can even say I man, I was in Predator. No, nah, he was kinda he, young. He was kinda young for like Predator. Like, no, you wasn't. Like, yeah. So it was a it was not a good movie. And then to make things <laughs> even worse, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but Olivia Munn has been in headline after headline because she went to twentieth Century Fox after finding out that one of Shane Black's friends, who was a registered sex offender, had a role in the film. And, you know, this dude's like all up in the pedophile camp, and she's like, whoa, 
I did a scene with him. I don't want that scene in the movie. And she felt that none of her male co-stars were, they had her back. And she was like on an island, basically. And the 20th Century Fox was trying to sweep it under the rug. And hey, like, hey, we deleted the scene. Stop causing controversy with this. It's done. I'm just curious what you guys think about this. Because I feel like, yeah, if a dude's a sex offender and your movie has a kid like this one does, maybe everyone should know about that. Yeah, but unfortunately, and we keep going back to this, this is a male-dominated industry. As you can obviously see, this was a guy putting his buddy in a movie. And I'm not saying that's okay, but that's what it is. And why are we shocked? This continues to happen, even in the face of the Me Too movement. It continues to happen, and it's going to. It's a male-dominated industry, and people are doing favors for each other all the time. And the reason why her character, her co-stars, and she probably feels like she didn't have the support of them, is because they playing the game too. Hey, they, you, these guys are trying to eat, and it's unfortunate you got to play that game sometimes. But that's the game that you win. Shane Black carries some weight. He may have a project that he's getting ready to start working on in a few, and hey, they may want a phone call. They may know they got to work with him soon, or they want to keep working for this studio, or they have a contract to uh, make films with this studio, five-film production or whatever, five-film contract with this studio. They got to play ball. It's unfortunate, but that's the the nature of the beast of day. Black seems like he's on his way for a long vacation, let's say, because they have not had him available to do any press since this news broke. So I think they're going, okay, Shane, we may have to end our ties with you over this deal because initially he was like, well, you know, I believe in second chances. Then later on, he was like, well, my friend lied to me, basically. Try to throw his friend under the bus, try to keep himself going. Jace, what do you think about all this? Okay, there, there, that's that's like one of those no excuses. You should have like before you use do a allow somebody to come on your set. You should have done a background check on them. You don't know what the heck they are. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that goes on on a set you want to keep under wraps, but you don't let somebody with that, that kind of pass. It's like no, they they gotta go. I mean, it's like so you don't get to play nice. If I, I mean like. To me, that's the situation where I break tie with the director with no problem. Like, oh, you brought this guy in? Yeah, you knew about that. It's like, I mean, there's no way around it. You knew about that. You put him on our set. We're done with you. Like, we, we have, we don't, we are no longer in the Shane Black business. Like, you're done here. So, that, they, sh- they should have fired him. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that the movie was already made out of fire, <laughs> for that. But for Larry and Mom, though, they should have, like, that's kind of like, why wouldn't you? That's an easy stand-up, like, yeah, get this dude out of here. Like, there was, I mean, I'm not saying that they have to be gung-ho about it, but it's like, screw this guy. He's not going to be around. Like, this, oh, you brought your dude who's a sex defender? No, man, I'm not comfortable with this dude here. Go. Like, you should have known not to put me in this situation. Like, you shouldn't have put anybody in here. Like, in that, if he's a pedophile, sex offender, like, no, nah, he's out of here. It's like, yeah. So they they should they should have actually had been like, you know, no, she's right. Let's get him out of here. Like, so that's on them for not actually looking out. I mean, standing up for what was right. Gunner, you you had some on that. I mean, 
what else can she do but you know bitch about it now? I mean, like 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 Levon said, she gotta eat. They gotta eat. So I'm sure I'm I'm not convinced she didn't know all of us. All of a sudden she didn't know. Like I feel like everybody has rumors on says you got rumors in your newsroom, you got rumors at your workplace, you got rumors going on, right? You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. I don't believe any of that. I'm just happy she's throwing it out there, whether never whether she knew or not. You know what I mean? I just don't think she I don't I I just don't think that was a big secret. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff don't stay a secret. I don't care what industry you're in. <laughs> like, yo, that dude was watching porn in his on his desk in his office. That dude's a porn dude for like thirty years or whenever they retire, right? Or whenever they leave the work. You know what I mean? That dude fucking for screws intern, excuse me. That dude screws interns. That dude is gonna be you know what I mean? Like, come on. That's the label that they put on. Man, so you'll still be that guy. You'll still be that guy. So it's not like I don't believe anybody didn't know. I mean, I kind of don't believe she didn't know, but I'm glad she's throwing light on it. Anyways, nevertheless, then my man Shane's like, oh, well, I got to throw him under the bus now, even though I was trying to be cool. Look, that couldn't have happened to a better, to a worse movie producer or whatever the hell he is, you know, movie maker. I'm good. Like, I can live my entire life without a Shane Black movie. Real life. Real time. All right. So I, I got to talk about Olivia Munn. I definitely do not think that she knew about it because I've watched a couple of interviews and she is not acting and she seems really um, emotional about everything and how it's gone down. Like she really just wanted, I think she was kind of like how Jace was. Why in the world is this an issue? This dude shouldn't be on our set. We should at the very least know about his past. I mean, I've worked in offices and, and with companies and I don't know anybody's background outside of what they tell me. Cause I don't care to do a background check. I mean, it's like, all right, I assume that the company who hired you would make sure you're a decent enough person to work with me. So to find out something, <laughs> you'd be like, whoa. And not to say that every company is doing their due diligence or whatever, but right. once you find out about it, I'm sure it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. we got to get this dude out of here. Uh, we're talking about a white dude, right? <laughs> okay, I was just checking. No, no let me... We're talking about Hollywood, okay. too, right? <laughs> Talking about Hollywood too, right? Yeah, we're talking about Dr. Mike. Yeah, so it, that's a really interesting circumstance and situation, and I hope that whole deal gets resolved. I, I the way it seems right now, Predator is going to be the number one box office movie this weekend, even though it's crummy. Weekend. And I hope and it's a snow, it's a storm, it's a slow weekend, it's <laughs> a storm going off the east coast. Nobody yeah. going to see no movies. That's go, why. Go, go, go back to see Crazy Rich Asians. It's better use of your time and money. All right, so let's get on to our big topic for the day. This is one that I have wanted to discuss with you guys for a very long time. Um, when I was growing up, and I really started getting into movies, one of my big favorites was The Godfather, one and two. And Al Pacino blew me away in the first one. I watched Scarface for the first time not long after that and was like, wow, this guy is amazing. He can't do wrong in any movie. And then uh, Godfather 3 was okay-ish, but he was good in it. Then he was in other films. And I was like, wow, he just won't ever not make a good movie. And when he did Heat with Robert De Niro, I was like, this is everything because it's the two best actors my two favorites in a movie 
paired off against each other. And it was everything that I wanted. And he was awesome. And then somewhere along the way, I don't quite remember what movie, maybe it was The Recruit, his next film with De Niro, where I was like, man, Al Pacino, I think, is starting to go through the motions now. And he doesn't have that same fire, the passion that made him such a great actor to me. And then I was like, you know what? Robert De Niro's not as good either. And I think it was right around the, that second Meet the Fockers, or Meet, Meet the Fockers, where I was like, wow, Robert De Niro's just in it for a paycheck. So today, fellas, I want to talk to you all about those actors who make you want to spend your hard-earned money or two precious hours of your time to watch them in kind of pretty much anything. And then I want to discuss the moment where there was an actor that you really liked and when you realized that they were no longer that same actor and you could not trust them or their movies any longer. So... Let's start off with Chief. What you got? Well, uh, you know, I don't have a favorite actor anymore, Jeff. Um, and uh, you know, I was thinking about this thing. You know, my 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 actors or you know things of that nature where I saw an actor go downhill. Um, I used to be a big Philip C. Hoff, uh, uh, Philip Hoffman, uh, Seymour Hoffman, uh, fan. I used to love his movies, you know what I mean? Like, even from, like, um, Along King Polly, when he did the whole uh, <laughs> Hollywood story joint, and then he got into the room, and he was like, <gasps> <sighs> and uh, every time I see that movie, I just, I, I wait for that part, actually. And, um, you know, dead, heroin overdose. Um, I used to think Chris Farley movies was hilarious. Dead, heroin overdose. Heath Ledger. You know, um, after that Batman thing, I couldn't wait for his next movie. You know what I mean? Um, you know, dead, drug overdose. My people that um, I really get into. You know, um, you know, like you like for example, rock movies. You go see The Rock nowadays, all his movies are saturated now. You get too much exposure. Um, Will, Smith, Will Smith used to have the summer movie. You know, every summer you knew he was coming with a banger. You know, um, not so much anymore. So. And like After Earth? Nah. No, no, I did not. I did not. So my, my favorite actors, I don't, I don't have a favorite anymore. I, if I go see, um, you know, to be honest with you, the majority of my movies nowadays are, are Marvel. Um, and an occasional horror movie, maybe. And an occasional action movie, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, actors, man, they, they just, they, you know, they just disappoint the hell out of you. They're just people... In general, when you go, I find that when I start liking a particular person, they'll do something that's just either, you know, their movies will start to to, 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 to become like, they, you know, they'll come out with a movie every 10 days, and the movies, you know, the quality of the movies come down. Like this new Chris, uh, not Chris, uh, what's the short guy? Kevin Hart. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to go see this movie with him and uh, Tiffany Haddish. Like, that joint doesn't even look funny to me. Um, 
like even you know when they're showing the uh the trailer i'm like that that doesn't really look funny so for me i you know i can't say you know and i you know your examples of uh of uh robert duvall and uh the uh nero but duvall nero um <laughs> you know I, I i get where you're coming from but uh I just I don't you know I don't I don't even have a favorite like even Denzel you used to go see a Denzel movie like the last three of Denzel's movies before the Equalizer like with uh, S J Esquire I never watched that movie um you know I'm just it's just getting out the phase now I'm just getting out of uh I'm just getting out of that whole act of I'm I don't have a favorite. I don't have a favorite movie. I don't have a favorite rapper anymore. Nothing's my favorite anymore. So it is what it is. Um, you know. Hey. All right, Gunner. Let's hear from you. I drill easy. I mean, I, I, I'm with Chief in a, on a way, in a way because I never really had a favorite anything because I liked a lot of things, right? Um especially favorite actor, but if there was an Eddie Murphy movie, like, even my parents, I'm like, however old I was when uh, Coming to America came out, watching movies come out the uh, come out the, come out the pool at five years old, they were like, we can't even cover your eyes, it's too late. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they would just be like, yo, we're going to Eddie Murphy movie, you will see Eddie Murphy, you will see this black actor doing his thing. So, I mean, you got Golden Child, you know, I was too young for that, but I watched it later, you know what I mean? Like, you got, you got, <sighs> He's got so many. What is it? Uh, uh, what am I thinking of? You know, Beverly, all the Beverly Hills Cops except for three, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, 48 Hours is the one I was thinking of. Creating Places was, he was kind of phenomenal because it was like, I mean, that social commentary actually worked today. I actually rewatched that eh, like three weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, I can dig it. Um, then, you know, I mean, I think his peak for me was Boomerang. I mean, even, you know, the flack he was getting from Hollywood where it was just like, why couldn't we have black people, you know, he's like, why didn't have any white people in it? And he was just like, he, his answer was quite eloquent. I, I invite you to go find that Jay Leno uh, 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 clip when he was on Jay Leno. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously coming to America, we already knew that. But then he had some spurts here. Like Dr. Doolittle was cool. He was awesome in Dreamgirls here and there, Shrek, of course. Nutty Professor, Nutty Professor 2, which, you know, I mean, actually, that wasn't terrible, right? Then he starts playing these stupid token roles. Power Heist was the worst role I think he ever really played next to Metro. I'm missing one. Oh, the big, huge, oh, there's two big, huge ones. After Meet Dave, hold on. After Meet <laughs> Dave, and I'm sorry, I skipped a really good one, Harlem Nights. Sorry, um, but anyways, after Meet Dave and Norbit, I was pretty much done with Eddie Murphy movies. Now he, I just, I, you'd have to prove yourself like everyone else. Pluto Nash, like, come on, man, like he went through a slew of crap movies from like 2002 yeah. to like now. Pluto man, Nash like, really did it for me. That was when I was like, okay, I can't trust this dude anymore. Oh, you mean Dave didn't do it for you? Norbit didn't do it? Nah, no. No. Norbit, Norbit was Dave. way later. Pluto Nash was, was 2004. Norbit came out right after Dreams Girl, Dream Girls. And it like I sunk did. his best supporting actor chances because he right. was trash. It really did. But it man, Pluto Nash was the one where I was like, yo, 
I hate to say it, but I can't trust trust Eddie Murphy anymore. And, and, and I hated man. that. I hate that. Yeah. Hated that. But he started playing it after the dude who made Boomerang of all movies. Right. Was like here are all the black execs, this is the black companies. This is what we're happening. This is what's happening in the nineties. You know what I mean? Dude that did Harlem Nights with like Richard Pryor, man. I mean that was awesome. No, freaking Meet the Clumps. I'll take Meet the Clumps. Like that shit's funny. It's stupid, but it's funny. Beverly Hills Cop Three was started a downward spiral, honestly. But hey, three boo boo. Three was three was like I must try to do something. Man, people give us flack for this one, but Vampire in Brooklyn was actually a quality ass horror movie. What? The end. <laughs> that joint was hilarious. Uh, all right, you have wonderful. now hit you have hit the All Star Superman. No, that's no like way. Nope, you're, nope, you're done. <laughs> all Star Superman is horrible. No, nope, you're done. You're off. Oh, Vampire in Brooklyn. You're off. You're off. A black now. vampire, and you got to with some history about you know. Uh, uh, you know, where the about the islands and Caribbean and all that shit, man. I mean, it's great. I'm 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 blaming that on sleep deprived Gunner. That's a hey, hey man. It, it happens with us, <laughs> man. Don't worry about it. We just we're gonna ride that. And it never oh, happened. Vampire in Brooklyn was, was still looks better moving than freaking Norbit and freaking. <laughs> uh, it was definitely better than Norbit. It, it, uh, well, you you mm. had that was a stretch where Eddie gave you Vampire in Brooklyn. Cop three, Metro, yeah, Holy Man, Bowfinger. Oh, I forgot about Holy Bow Man. Finger. Oh my, oh my God, God, that was a horrible movie. Someone dared me to watch Holy Man. Was it on this podcast or elsewhere? Oh, I don't okay. know. We wouldn't have done that. No, yeah, no, I don't think so. Somebody out here, another movie buff in our crew, in our in our wide circle here, um, was like, I dare you to watch this movie. It was actually on randomly, so I watched it, and I was like, what the. Oh, I am so glad I missed this crap. It like literally didn't know what kind of movie it wanted to be. It was just there. Like I mean, you can't even describe it. it was, the movie was terrible. It was such a waste of whatever how much it spent. Thank God he got the Shrek money coming in, man. Right. That's good money. You can get it. All right, Jace, what's your choices? Okay. Which one you want to go with? The guys who can get us there to the movies or who know you know is all right, it's it's looking dicey now. You can do both. Okay. All right. So, guy, I'm, I'm going to go with two of them, and they're both comedy guys. In the 90s, Ben Stiller was on a roll like you couldn't, I mean, he couldn't miss. I mean, he was, he was gave, gave his son about Mary. Uh, he, 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 gave, he gave you, like, it was like one of those, like, Ben Stiller's in it, you're good. You're going to laugh at it. He might not be the best part, but he's a really good director, so he'll have everybody else in this thing going really good. Uh, but then I'm I'm one of those people. Maybe I saw Meet the Fuckers way too many times at the video store, but I didn't like that movie. And I'm like, I'm I'm not really feeling this. And then he came out with was that Jason? Meet the Fuckers. Meet the Fuckers. <laughs> okay. Am I not saying it right? Because if I'm yeah, not, yeah, you, you didn't you didn't say the PG friendly version. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Ben. Please please edit that out. I was like, uh, fuck, fuck, okay, Fuckers. Yeah. Sorry. Emphasize um, the O. Fuckers. <laughs> okay. I didn't I didn't particularly like that or the second one. And then uh what was it? Night in the Museum. I was like, oh okay. Oh, you think they're gonna make a sequel to that one? I mean I mean I, I I'm I'm one of the folks I love Tropic Thunder, I thought that was hilarious. But I mean again, he wasn't the best part of it, but the rest of the cast was like really funny on that. 
So I was like, eh, I'm not. And I'm not. And then Zoolander and Zoolander 2 is like, yeah, I'm going to have to wait for the reviews to come up on uh, Ben Stiller movies. The next one is another guy was in a can't miss phase in the 90s. I mean, Adam Sandler was just bankable. And then I couldn't even tell you exactly when it happened. Because I'm, I'm like the movie where he was the stepdad. I, I like that. Uh, uh, but there, there That's came the a last point. good one. Big Daddy was the last good Big one. Big Daddy, yeah. Like Big Daddy, I was, I was, I was good. I was like, yeah, hey, this is good. But then after that, he just started to stretch his movies. It was just like, nah, man, just you're, you're doing too much. And like, I, I like Grown Up. I mean, I, I laughed at Grown Ups. I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna say that I didn't like it. I, mean, I like Grown Ups too. I mean, I'm I'm also in that major uh, minority that actually found that movie funny. Uh, I remember uh, Jeff took a lot of heat for thinking that was funny or thinking that was a good movie. It's and then funny. it was like, it made me laugh. That's exactly what it's supposed to do. Unlike the Predator, which I laughed and I'm not supposed to. Exactly. Both were terrible. Both were terrible. Um, I mean, I'm not yeah. going to defend them, Gunner. I mean, I laughed. I'm not suggesting uh, that these were high quality films. <laughs> They made me laugh. That's all I need a film that's supposed to be a comedy to do. And I know comedy, like most, like a lot of things, is far more subjective than, say, a drama or a musical where it's very obvious if a person can't sing. But, you know, know, levels of comedy are up for debate. Like, you think a vampire in Brooklyn is good. Totally up for debate. But I think we can all agree that Adam Sandler playing his twin sister terrible the same that's movie bad that's a bad call it's probably yeah. a bad call in the end of your career <laughs> pretty much <laughs> i was gonna say like the point I, where you had I, to I, run back to one of your old co-stars to star in a movie that was straight to dvd <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i was gonna say like i I'm, i watched the uh one on netflix i was trying i mean i try i mean i'm like all right i'm, I'm gonna give you this the benefit of the doubt adam i got two hours i was like all right, I'm waiting for this to get really funny, and it just never happened. And I'm just like, it did you know not. What? This is this is on me because I mean, even though I know this, I'm not paying money for this specifically, but it's like I probably should have figured it out on something else I hadn't seen it, and just said, you know what, I'm just gonna choose to say, wait for somebody to tell me this is phenomenal, but it didn't happen. So he he became he, he definitely went on the list of people I don't trust, can't guarantee to get some money to. What were you about to say, Connor? There's one on Netflix? The Week of a Chris Rock. It's so... Would I, it's so would I, I mean, it's one of those movies you'd have to be sick to stay watching it on Netflix. Like, you just couldn't reach the remote, you couldn't grab the controller, and you just couldn't move. And it was like, wow, okay. The only things that were moving are guys. It's like, I mean, it's, it's like, like one Chris scene. Rock doing Adam Sandler a favor by being around it, man. I mean, come on, man. It, Chris Rock was trying on that. I mean, he was trying. He was like, all right, we're going to get to this next scene, and it's going to be hilarious. I mean, like, they had a scene in the movie where it's like the uncle is an amputee, and you're just like, I don't want to laugh, but I'm sure y'all are going to make something that's funny. And then they don't. And it's like, so y'all just threw this random guy in here, and then you're trying to do something, and it's like, you know you're trying to make a joke, but it's not funny. And he's just like, this this is not working. I mean, it's just like you're really just like, oh man, this is all right. I'm sure the wedding's gonna be this big payoff. No, 
It wasn't. And then your credit's like, huh. There was absolutely no payoff for this time invested. Nah, it really wasn't. So I'm going to go with my, my list of folks that actually can get me to the movies because that's much more positive. All right. Uh, hey, you know, my, and everybody might talk about the guy for his uh, religious beliefs, but I'm not going to lie. If Tom Cruise makes a movie, I'm there. That dude has made, I, I mean, it's like, as much as I, it's like I talked about Tropic Thunder. He's the star of that movie, like, bar none. Uh, yeah. Tom, I mean, like, yeah, he, he, yeah, they they both take it on that one. Uh, on, uh, the Mission Impossible's uh, Night or Day, which I think is like a hilarious send off of Mission Impossible. Uh, that one, um, I mean, just you got you got a lot of me for him. Then the next one, Denzel. I know exactly what kind of Denzel movie I would I would actually like to see. So. I, I don't have to. I don't feel like he he would burn me if I'm like I don't want to see Roman J Esquire because that's not what I, I don't need to see anything about any more lawyers or doctors. I'm good on that, so I I can oh, yeah. easily pass Ooh. on that. Oh, but that was such a good it, movie though. Actually, it, it said something. Okay. Well, again, I can be drawn in, but I'm not gonna pay money to go see. It. So I I can. Oh, no, like, I saw it on HBO that I said you know that's you know, I already paid for that. Yeah, like <laughs> book book of um. Uh, what was the what was the book of Eli? Book of Eli. I knew as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I'm in. It's like I saw uh, Magnificent Seven. I'm like, in real quick. So it's, if I see a kind of movie, I'm in. Uh, the other one, the actual new art, new person is Jennifer Lawrence. I didn't. It was like, what's the one I saw? Oh, X Men. I think yeah, I, I think that's where I came in. So when she was in X Men, I'm like, oh okay, she oh, she's a good she's a good actress. And then it's like after that, then I went and saw Hunger Game. I'm like, oh, I really enjoyed his movies. And then I saw American Hustle. It was like, okay, I'm pretty sure she kind of knows which roles to take, and I, it's a good barometer that I can watch. If if it seems like a movie I would be interested in, I will watch. Like I heard people say Joy was good. It's like I didn't want to see that, but I'm sure it probably is good. I mean, but I mean, I don't want to see like a documentary on that, but. Most times I know it's like, oh, she's in son. I could probably trust my money is not going to be well. I mean, is going to be well spent. Now, of course, there are the occasional passengers uh, that you kind of like. Ooh, I really thought that, I was really hoping that would be better, but you know, everybody's everybody's allowed a mulligan. Yeah, but yeah, those are, those are my those are my that's my big list. I love how you skipped over like the countless Tom Cruise stinkers, though. <laughs> he really did. Cause I have okay, which one? On my I'm sitting list. here like there's like three that just jumped in my head immediately. Yeah. Okay, like all right, I liked uh, what's wrong? Interview with a vampire. Um, we're not talking about bad. Movies. We're talking about okay, which, which 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 bad movies at time? Because I could I, be skipping on. Vanilla Sky. Okay. Hey, Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky may have spoke to me <laughs> too. Mommy. The mummy. Okay. Rock of Ages. Oh, God. Let's see. War of the Worlds. I know. Oh, he's not War of the Worlds. It's the oral. He's actually. Which one was that? No, okay. The old one from the HG. It's an update of the HG Wells novel. He's a modern day Nicolas Cage because he will have an awesome movie and follow it up with a crappy one. And. <laughs> 
And he's I actually have well, him on my list of one of those dudes uh, who or he could miss. Now it's like, yeah, well, I need to see like, that trailer. I have to disagree. Say, he's not well, that bad. He's not as bad uh, as six Nicholas yeah, Cage will do stop. one big yeah, one and yeah, take like yeah. five steps back. Like, wait, 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 Tom Cruise does one and one and one and one. one off, in one the off, middle off, of a resurgence again. Well, listen, <laughs> I saw Nicolas Cage's new movie, Mandy. It's coming to theaters on Friday. This movie is like two hours. And for that first hour, I'm like, wow, what have I done with my life? I'm making poor decisions, bad choices all around. Then all of a sudden, the movie becomes... This amazing, amazing spectacle. I mean, I, I can't tell you how much I hated the first hour. It was like, it, Jake, it felt like watching Under the Skin for an oh, hour where oh God, nothing mind. happened. And then, but the second hour, it's like everybody woke up and realized they needed to make a good movie all of a sudden. So Nicolas Cage, his, his uh, girlfriend or wife gets kidnapped by a religious cult and they leave him for dead. And the Joker is trying to figure out what happened to her. He goes into a bathroom and he just starts Nicholas caging the Nicholas cage out. And that's when the moment <laughs> it's like, if you could watch a movie, flip the switch, that's the moment the movie flips the switch. And then the Joker is fighting aliens with like shards and sticks coming out of them. What He's the like, hell movie is this? Oh my gosh. Look at the trip. Oh my gosh. Yo. Good. I don't even want to, how did this even no. get past the pitch room, man? No, 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 no. No, it sounds terrible. I mean, the first hour is awful. It is a mess. But that second hour, oh, my gosh. It's a crazy movie. It, it's, like, amazing. It is, I feel like I've watched 25 Nicolas Cage movies. This was the made movie. It. The Universal Fox. Anna Pura. No, like the, the company. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Anapura Productions. It's like a lower. Yeah, but lower. who they own? But who they distribute? I have no idea. I want to know Gunner. if it's gonna be on Netflix or just HBO, so I can just wait for them because I'm not paying money to see this crap. I don't even okay. know if it's gonna be theaters like that. Hmm? But Gunner, they have chainsaw fights. Like one dude is taking like the kind that you use to slice up a tree, and Nicolas Cage has the other one that you're using to slice up a piece of wood from said tree. And they're just dueling around fire. <laughs> this Doesn't movie, sound right, man. No, nah, man, it's not right at all. It's amazing. It's it's just Nicolas Cage getting the chance to be Nicolas Cage for the one time in his life. It's like, wow. I don't think I've ever seen a movie better suited for an actor. I mean, hey, I was gonna say that sounds like the most Nicolas Cage movie ever. 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 He's, he should just stop. And the crazy thing about Nicolas Cage is the dude never stops working. I was looking on IMDb to see like his oh, most yeah. recent films. He had like 20 Another films movie coming out like, after tonight. You do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Jeff. Does he yell a lot in this movie? Javon, I said it's Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage and the Nicolas Cage. Okay, all right. Never, never. Did he say we as he wields the chainsaw? We. I don't know. I don't know if he does, man. But he's like cutting heads off. He's got the bug eyes. There's one moment where Oh my god. I don't think I There's one moment where he kills a dude and the dude's like on top of him, right? 
So the blood is just gushing onto him. And I'm like, this is so unsanitary. But Nicholas Cage is just <laughs> like, he's got the Joker smile going and his eyes are wide. I'm like, wow, only Nicholas Cage could do this scene and make it work at all. But the movie's ridiculous. I've, I would highly suggest watching it. If you can, fast forward through the first hour because it's just trash. But the second hour is amazing. And, and honestly, if I were grading on a curve, it would be one of my favorites because this movie like finds the perfect niche for Nicolas Cage. And it's, geez, it's an experience. No, not going to do it, sir. Not going to do it. In some alternative universe, I might watch it in that same <laughs> alternative universe. In that same alternative universe, the death of Superman that he was supposed to be in probably got made and was in theaters. See, but that movie would suck. Mandy, I'm talking about the alternative universe where I can watch this godforsaken movie you're talking about. No, it, it, it's not, man. It, it, it is not. It needs, it needs a little special place in your heart. Don't forsake it. All right, so, so that was that, that quick aside. Javon, what's up with you, man? What's your choices? Um... I'm like Chief Gunner and, and Jason. I mean, I I agree with the sentiment that I don't have a favorite actor or actress. I like good movies, right? Um, and I also recognize this. Everybody's going to have their, anybody in that industry, man, is, in any industry, really, anything, you're going to have your up periods, you're going to get down periods. And chances are you're going to be down for a lot longer than you up. Um, hey, just look at Nick Cage right now. This was a guy who was can't miss box office gold summertime movies. He had that stretch from what ninety five to ninety eight, where if there was he was he was in the run with Will Smith. But every year he's gonna have a summer blockbuster. Now he's doing chains. He's doing movies where he's just being a character of himself as an actor. Um, but if there are any actors, actresses who who I've given up on when it comes to their projects. I gotta. I'm with you with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, because for what it's worth, they they've gotten old. These two guys in their seventies now, they haven't been getting. And and that's the thing about it. I don't think it's so much that they don't care about the movies they make. It's just the movies they make they don't care about. The scripts are light, and there's not much there for them. And if I'm somebody like De Niro or Al Pacino, and you bring me the script for I don't know. Uh, uh, whatever Robert De Niro just starred in with uh, the kid from High School Musical, I'm like, oh, God. dude, I was, <laughs> dude, I was in Taxi Driver. I was, I was in The Godfather. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the, I'm, I was <laughs> right. a raging bull. I've won Oscars. <laughs> what are you doing? This is, I've won Oscars. This is Drek. I, I need a paycheck. All right, whatever. I'm take it. If I'm Al Pacino, look, I was Mike. I'm Michael Corleone. I'm 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 Serpico. I'm Dog Day Afternoon. I'm some of the finest films made in in, in your lifetime. And I just wow. had to do the I had to do the I was in Jack and Jill with with Adam Sandler. I was I was actually trying to date the the the, the Jill character Adam Sandler as his sister in that movie. Yes, I saw that movie. Yes, I saw it. And Al Pacino was in it trying to date his sister. Hold on, Adam hold on, hold on, because, you know, just the yeah. premise was bad. Yeah. I saw the preview, I'm like, ha, ah, that's funny, I hope nobody sees this. The fact that Al Pacino's yeah. in that, now I'm, I'm with whoever said yeah. Al Pacino's lost it, I'm there with them now. They should nowhere near be anywhere near Adam <laughs> What the hell? 
Because he's trying to pull like a Ben Stiller, you know, Daryl <laughs> got Ben Stiller. So I'm going to go over here with Adam Sant. Yeah. yeah. See, that's what that. That's terrible. And it was, hey, look, I'm 70 years old. I need to check. I need to check. Right. Or not. I'm pretty sure they don't I'm, need to check. No. I'm going to need you to say no, Al. Just tell USA to put the guy right on. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, but, you know, they, they write the check. I'm not going to say no. It's $6 million. It's $6 million. Or whatever. Or however six many million. It's $6 million. So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to do this stupid movie, and, and that's it. You can't take Serpico off my resume. You can't take Dog Day Afternoon off my resume. It's just this is what I'm reduced to now. And I, I understand that better as I see my favorite actors from a, a, actors that I really respected their craft, whose best years are well behind them. As I see them take movies that are well below and beneath them, I kind of get it. I get it. It's like the old guy at the wall. It's like the old guy at the Costco who's checking off of your, your receipt when you walk out. Yeah, this guy may have owned his own business at some point in time, but, you know, either he really messed up his money, he wasn't that good with the books, or he just needs something to do. The stress of owning the business was, was too much for him, whatever. It's just this is what he's doing now. And it's unfortunate, I guess, because given where he came from, but this is what he's got. I think that's kind of where they are. And it happens to everybody, man. It's just, I think there's certain actors that are very fortunate. They don't have to get into that because truth be told, right? Like, um, who we talking about, man, Anthony Hopkins. If you know Anthony Hopkins from the stage, like somebody who's watched Anthony Hopkins Mm -hmm. in London or in stage productions, thinks him playing Odin in Thor is well beneath him. (laughs) Right. You know, I, I can dig that. But, you know, at the same time, this is how I earn a living. But the actress, actors and actresses that I can no longer stand behind, given the, the history of duds, I mean, I, I, I see their movies, and I, it's not even them. It's the quality of the movies that they're doing. Those two guys, Alan Robert, um, Sam Jackson to a degree, not that Sam Jackson was ever my favorite actor or anything to that degree. It's just... I knew with Sam it was going to be entertaining. But Sam does so much. He's in so many movies that you'll look at, uh, you'll see something on Netflix or anywhere, you know, and see Sam Jackson. And he's like, damn, he was in that? When did that come out? <laughs> like, it's Sam Jackson. It'll be Sam Jackson, uh, John Cusack. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, the Netflix crew, the, 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 the VOD crew, you know, you'll see them be like, damn, when did that come out? Or um, you add Sam, you add Denzel's getting there, Will's there. Will's been there for a decade for me. I mean, Will's been Will there. Will has been there for a decade, yeah, at least. And that's a shame, man. He tried to pass the torch to his son. It didn't work out. It didn't work out at all. It burned them both. After Earth, after careers, after both careers. After careers, yeah. After this. It's like this. Gunner, and that's I, just the thing. I, I was telling Gunnar, I just watched Boomerang, so I'm all up in my uh, afterbirth and whole loving the, the uh, okay. experience. I mean, that's, that's, you got to get nostalgic. I guess it's time that we're, like, I don't know if we're touching on that part. Like, I guess we are, touch, all of us are touching on that part. Where it's like, I guess it's time to get nostalgic about certain people. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you remember when Eddie Murphy, all you had to do was say Eddie Murphy and you was going to pay the ticket cost. I don't, I don't care you. what it was. Eddie Murphy, That's all right, Lawrence. I'm there. Him, Martin Lawrence. Let me see who else was on there. I was Martin had a Martin. nonstop I period. Was too. never there for but Martin. Then, yeah. You were never there for Martin. Uh-uh. Because he a little too hated No, I, I didn't hate him. It's just for me, Martin, a little bit of Martin went a long way. He's like Kevin Hart. A little bit of him goes a long way for me. It's only so much of him I can take, and I never thought that like he in a movie or him doing stand-up was that funny to begin with. And it's not a hate thing. It's just some people ain't your cup of tea, and he really never fully was my cup of tea. I thought that they, during his time, yeah, same with Chris Tucker. During his time, I thought Martin was the, as host of Def Jam, you couldn't ask for nobody better. It's just I wouldn't pay to hear an hour and a half of Martin's comedy. Like Gunner, I remember I think I, we was talking about that. I saw, have you seen Martin's last uh, televised comedy special yep. on uh, Showtime? Yeah, it was terrible. It was, it was absolutely Dude, it terrible. It was like, hey, y'all remember 1992? Right. Y'all remember Martin? <laughs> y'all remember Def Jam? Remember You Go Girl? I was like, oh, my God. Just, it, 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 like, it why don't you like just, you should have just stepped on stage, put a VHS in of You So Crazy, <laughs> and just walked off the stage? Oh, remember this? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. There we go. Done. End of story. Done. Remember that? Yeah. Remember talking dirty at the dock? That was me. Yeah, it was like, come on, man, dude. It felt like he was working stand like you know how comics go on the road and test out a routine, right? Mm. They're gonna work on the kinks from audience to audience, right? So they've got that tight hour together before they televise it or film it. Martin it felt like Martin was working out after being off the road for 20 years, working out jokes, and they actually recorded it instead of the finished product. It was terrible. All right, Javon. I know we kept interrupting you. How many more on your list? All right. Um, those are my, that's, that's part of my that's, that's the short version of the list that I can't do. I can't get behind no more. Um, the actors, actresses that keep me coming to the theater, still Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise has been in this, man. He, he, he still knows how to make a damn movie. Tom Cruise, and now he's doing most of his own stuff right through Bad Robot, through, through his own imprint. They, they, they make good movies. He makes good movies to me still. Um, I, st- I like Hilary Swank, man. I like Meryl Streep. Angela, Angela Bassett could be in anything. If, if Angela Bassett had a commercial out right now, I would DVR the commercial. Angela Bassett was in Vampire in Brooklyn, by the way. Just saying. She was. She was. She was. Okay. Javon, are you watching... Uh... Nine one one on Fox. Yeah, I am because Angela Bassett. Okay. Every time she's on the screen, man, she just she's one of the few. She's one of the actors, actresses that whatever character she is, she's not guilty of the sin of playing herself as everyone. There's mm-hmm. elements of her in every character that she plays, but overall, she she does just what a great actor does actress does they get into the mind of the character that they're playing they become that person and they put touches of their self on in that character they they're not just playing the role that's a piece to them they leave it in that character like that's why all of to me anybody anytime she's been on screen like that she's she just leaves such an impression because it's not just that that's a person that's not just somebody playing a role that's a person right there her mill street that De Niro, they, it's, it's, it, Lawrence Fishburne has that quality. 
uh, uh, Denzel has that quality when he got something good to work with. Certain actors just can do it. Daniel Day Lewis, they just put something. They 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 can they can take a character and make that person jump out of that screen. Like I know that guy. I know that person. Late Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. Philip Seymour he Hoffman. A different person every role. Nuts. Every role. Every role. I forget him. It's sad that dying before you're due, man. And I don't know if there's a such thing. That's even a such thing. But we, we were robbed of you. We were robbed of Heath Ledger. We were robbed of so many people, man. But Seymour uh, Hoffman was definitely one of them. Definitely one of them. I watched him in a movie with Robert De Niro, as a matter of fact, where Philip Seymour Hoffman was a drag queen. That was one of the funniest. It, it it was funny. It was touching. It was heartwarming. It was all those things because the quick synopsis: De Niro was a, a old guy who was, I guess, he was going deaf or something like that. And um, you know, he he the world's changing around him. And he don't like it. And aside from the fact that you know I got to live next door to a gay guy who dresses up like a lady, I really don't like that. And they ended up becoming friends. And it was a it was a funny movie. It was a good movie. I can't remember the name of it, but if you get a chance, look it up on Google. It it was a good movie. It was a good movie. And Philip Seymour Hoffman, you would have swore, was that who that's who he was. That's who he was. Same with Truman Capote. When you played Truman Capote, remember there were two dudes that played Capote. I I, yep. I throw him up as the best. Period. Who was the other who played Truman Capote? Uh, I can't remember his name. I see his face. He didn't do a terrible job. That's the thing. That's how good Philip Seymour Hoffman was. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me go through mine real fast here. So the dudes I can't trust anymore in movies. I already told y'all one was Tom Cruise because he's just too inconsistent for me with films. I'm, I'm down for his uh, Mission Impossible joints, but there's just too many that I'm like, whoa, that was a bad choice. Did any of y'all see The Mummy? Yeah. I ain't got his name when I do that. Exactly. All right. Another one is Tobey Maguire. Right after uh, Spider-Man 2, and then after seeing Spider-Man 3, I realized I can't trust this dude any longer. It finally took before the great. It finally took the Great Gatsby for me to come around on Tobey again. But after that dancing scene in Spider-Man 3, I was I found my wrapping paper. It, it is a wrap. Thank you for playing, Tobey. We're done here. Nothing to see. Um. Another one, and this one was kind of a painful one as I realized it over the years, but Bruce Willis, this cat, he was he was in so many of my favorite action movies in the 80s, 90s, even early 2000s. But somewhere along the way, he got lazy and just started coming in for a check. And that was never more obvious to me than in that last Die Hard where he and Jake Courtney teamed up. And it was just like a by-the-numbers Die Hard where nobody felt like doing anything. I mean, he, he even managed to mail it in in the Expendables. When everybody else was having a blast, he was just like, eh, I'm, I'm good. So, yeah, he, he's definitely one for me. Lawrence Fishburne is one who was just steady, steady, steady. Then right after Predators, he started doing the same character in every role. And I was like, oh, man, Lawrence, uh, I miss that passion and fire and intensity you had back in the day. And another one that we already mentioned was Eddie, because Eddie was a tragedy for me because man it was so often I could rely on that cat and then it just faded to the ether now for my list of people who have me excited about going to see movies that they're in no matter how it looks Chadwick Boseman I have not seen this dude in a bad movie yet 
even when he is playing somebody, he looks absolutely nothing like like Thurgood Marshall. Uh, <laughs> on for him, James and, Brown. I mean, you know, I mean, at least he was the same because Blashing is James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Marshall. I was like, did y'all see what he yeah, looked like, like before y'all shot him? Because he looked like the like opposite of the way Saldana and playing Nina Simone. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they went the complete right. other way. I was so glad he was casted as Black Panther because he was getting ready to play every historic black man from now until the end of yeah, his career. Yeah, man. He was about to be Barack. Was like, ain't man. nobody left. Like, good <laughs> job. Good both of them. Right. Dang, bro. So, yeah, oh, and another one to me, his Robert De Niro equivalent for this new generation, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan is such a good actor. This dude can actually get away with the name Michael Jordan. I mean, you think of that? This dude, for many kids, is going to be Michael Jordan. They were like, Who? Oh, oh, there was one that played basketball too? Wow. Okay. Oh, they're going to be like Michael B. Jordan. Right, right. But I mean, oh, I'm talking about the oh. yeah, right, exactly. So this Dirt. cat is so good that he can switch to being a boxer in Creed. He's in The Wire. He's in Black Panther. Setting up like this generation's Joker. I mean, he's so good in everything that he's in. I'm like, I'm down to watch that movie because he is in it. So totally down with him. Um. You know, I'm just going to, my last person on my superhero list here, Chris Evans. This dude was an incredible Johnny Storm in the pretty good, okay, Fantastic Four films. Then he made Captain America freaking icon. If you ever follow him on Twitter, he is actually Captain America as he continues to rail against current political administrations and what America should and could be. Pretty awesome. Um, but he's good. I like him in... Like, I, I probably would not have watched Snowpiercer if he wasn't in it. And I was like, wow, he's really good in this one, too. Um, Amy Adams is another one who I just don't see in bad movies. Or if she's in a bad movie, she's not bad in it. Uh, I just watched American Hustle recently, and she's, like, mm. totally different from the same character. Or she's totally different in that movie than she is in Arrival or in Justice League slash Batman versus Superman. She's just a really versatile actress. And I mean, she was doing like Kitty Fair and Enchanted. She's really good. And I like checking her out in pretty much anything. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, she's good. Haven't seen her in a bad film, even if she's just like a background supporting character, like she wasn't nonstop. Um, She's solid. And since I mentioned nonstop, I should probably also say Liam Neeson, who, even if his movies are kind of mediocre, he's always good, incredible, and at least has me interested in giving a movie like The Commuter a shot. Commuter was no good, but Liam did his best in it. So that that's my picks on that one, fellas. Thanks for playing along. It's that special magical time of the week. Who are your nominees for Dummy of the Week? Gunner, you weren't here last week. And I left one on the table for you off of that magical funeral that we had a few weeks back. So if you have another one, feel free to add. But I, I left that one for you. So you can take oh, the floor first. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Thanks, dude. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> what was that Bama's name? Pastor, Pastor, Pastor Gravitit. Pastor Gravitit. <laughs> this Bama. 
going to be in the pulpit preaching about most likely modesty and whatnot because it's a black church in Detroit. Trust me, I'm pretty familiar. And, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure they got lap Yankees up the butt and probably try to get one to uh, Ariana Grande anyway. But then this dude still proceeds to bring her on a stage, throw a racial slur at her, and definitely does that that gropey, pastor gropey thing that I've heard many of black women and well, white women too, um, you know, have, have experienced from people in the pulpit anyway. So now we get to see it on national TV. Like, I, we all told you so. People still, there are still Bama's defending this piece of crap. So I'm, I'm on, I'm on my pedestal, on my pulpit, saying, <laughs> you put your hands on one leg at a time, dude. Nobody should be looking up to you. If you really believe in God, repent. Whatever you got to do, but <laughs> damn sure nobody should be giving you that more money. To watch you grope some little girl, woman, but little girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how old is she? Seriously. Oh, Donnie, Donnie. Uh, let me go to my crack, crack research forgot. staff here. Yeah, thank you. Isn't she like 25 for real? Even still, man. Like, come on, man. And that dude was what, like 40 something? Come on, man. Dirty old man. He ain't 40 something. <laughs> 25. Okay, this is the young woman groping up in here, man. Like, come on, man. Like, like, like I was saying to y'all, I mean, we all, we all dudes here. I mean, you, we've accidentally touched a boob here and there. And I mean, for real, accidentally touched a boob, but they were never a cup. You don't accidentally touch an A cup. <laughs> you meant to touch that A cup. Exactly. <laughs> That's all I got. He needs to like step down or something, man. That's whack. And the fact that I'm sure people, I'm sure there was a sermon afterwards and everybody was like, oh, it's okay. You know, the devil's just trying to get at you because, yeah, you're doing good work in Detroit. Really? He's doing good work in Detroit? How's that water? All right, then. We ain't never wow. heard this family ever speak out about real stuff, right? Nope. Wow. He called her a taco and that's it, right? He called her a Taco Bell menu and that's it. So I haven't heard him say anything positive. So that's it. That's all I got. Tell me of the other week. Tell me of this week would be that line judge with Serena. <laughs> no, scratch that. I take that back. I'm going to pull that one back. That can be saved for somebody else. The cartoonist. Yeah. I have a half a mind to just throw out a APD on my Facebook so I can just be like, hey, send that band with me, please. Because, you know, I'm pretty sure me and Jeff, we're, we're, we've been in the journalism circles all this time, most of the time. So I'm pretty sure we're like two degrees separation from the band. Like, I, I'd love to have some words with that cat. Come on through. Come on the podcast. We'll be friendly, I promise. I won't be friendly. On characters like from the freaking 40s and stuff, man. Come on, man. Like, no then they're going to defend it. Yeah, exactly. That that was, I don't know if it was even worse, but it's just the same kind of trash. Pretty much. So that's dummy of last week or the other week. <laughs> dummy of this week. Done. Good deal. Chief, you got anything? I'm going to say the dummy of this week is how the hell do you walk into a house that is not yours and shoot somebody? Mm. Instantly, you know, um, and and you well, Chief can, uh, you know, Jeff Jeff can 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 uh, tell you about this. I work twenty four hour shifts at times, twenty four hours. So I come in at four in the morning. I don't leave till the next day four in the morning. And I never walked into my neighbor's house by accident. 
not one time. So you walk into another house, you don't like like did you think the 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 uh the criminal came in or just switched the furniture around? I'm not even sure how that goes. Like when you look at the furniture in the house, like, oh, he came, he moved all my furniture and all his in. How you gonna break in my house and hang up pictures of yourself? Right. <laughs> and then I'm a, I'm and then and so, you know, and I'm, I'm, as the story develops, and I'm like, manslaughter? Just imagine, just imagine any one of us walking into the wrong house, right? At the end of a long shift, we walk into the wrong house, and we shoot a white woman, just kill her dad. What? Do you think we'll be charged with manslaughter? Do you think we'll get that manslaughter? Nah, charge? man, you can be around. I think, I think everybody on this podcast would be like, well, Melvin, don't drop the soap. Exactly. It's done. Like, I don't think you get a manslaughter charge. Like that's oh, that's yeah. murder. You walk that's into. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Like that's murder too. Because the only way it's not murder one is because I don't know. It could have been premeditated, but let's just say it is. Let's say you walk in. I mean, I don't like. I said it's it's a it's a dumbass move. I don't know how you do it. Um, you know, um, you know, first the door's locked, then the door was ajar, then the door, then it was un- you know, the door was unlocked. I mean, that story changed. I don't even know how she did it. I don't even know how you walk in. I've never, never, not one time, walked into the wrong house at all. The I mean, I've, well, like, I've heard that her story has changed several times. First, the door was locked, then the door was unlocked. Then the door was ajar. Mm-hmm. Um, then when she walked <laughs> up to the house, right? When she walked up to the house, he's got a red doormat outside his house. She doesn't have a doormat. So immediately when you're walking in, you say, "Oh, what the hell is this?" You look down, and that would make you look up. Like there's no numbers on the door. There's nothing. There's nothing unusual about anything as you walk in. Nothing. Our neighbors have. Witnesses have said that they heard her say, hey, open this door. And there have been other people, uh, even people that I know that actually know the cash, which was scary enough, um, <laughs> um, said that they were uh, actually in a, had a thing, had a thing. I don't know if the news is ever going to confirm such things. I think they kind of are trying to. Yeah. People around them are saying that they, they smashed. All I know is my theory is my instinct on that was like, mm, that don't sound right. She probably was pissed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I thought it was my problem. Yeah, so that's 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 you know, I mean the week is early. Granted it's Tuesday. But uh so far this week that that takes the uh that yeah. takes the cake. Yeah. Hey man. Hey, how many of us have come home? How many of us have come home absolutely trashed? I mean, trashed, done. Can barely formulate a good sentence, but you know where you live, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Never not know where you live. You may look outside the next day and your car park fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. Your car's in your neighbor's. Your car might be in your neighbor's driveway, but you know your house. It's only happened once. Right. Uh-huh. I'm done. Okay, this must not be my house. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I know where Never my, I know where my... And then you knock on the door. If 
let's say you're really screwed up, you might not go like, why is my key not working? And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Right. Eventually, yeah, a piece of... You're not going to go in and open the door when it's magically ajar because, I mean, like, your theory makes perfect sense. Like, you've been over that apartment a couple times and then you had a Mm -hmm. bad day and and then you assumed you were invited in. Right. And she might be the police, but I'd be damned if she got a universal key to somebody else's apartment. So, I mean, I know police protect their own, but, hey, this was murder. So, you know, yeah, you know. Chase. Texas, black dude, he's dead. We ain't going to see no real justice, y'all. Just saying. Yeah. Chase, you're up. What you got? Okay. uh, I'm going to go with uh, racist cartoonists. Uh, That was just like, oh, we're, we're... it wasn't even just as bad as like he decided that he he wanted to make Serena look like a a, a muscular woman having a uh, fit. Now he decides to go in the old Sambo playbook and then makes the Japanese Haitian born opponent a little diminutive blonde chick. It was like, oh that's that's not racist. What are you talking about? It's like you know exactly what you did. You know just. Say, you know what? I did it. What you going to do? I'm in Australia. Like, I don't care what the world says. Like, that, that's how I'm going in my, my newspaper will stand behind me. So, he's, he's, he's my, uh, well, he's uh, a lot of uh, unnice things. But, yeah, he's, he's definitely a dummy of the week for me. All right, Javon, what you got? Mark Knight. Mark Knight, come on the show. We'll be nice to you. Mark Knight, we'll be nice to you. Give you a fair shake. <clears throat> Bullshit. Um, I got two, um, and I know we always say don't go political, but I feel like we got to take it to task, man. If we don't, you know, we just we, we, we're ignoring the elephant in the room. Uh, today marked the 17th, uh, 17 years ago since 9/11, and for anyone who remembers that day, for anyone who was in either Washington D.C. or New York City, any major city where you felt like Okay, this can happen well, anywhere. I'm not just, you know, limited to the major cities, but for us, we were in Washington, D.C. for me. Um, and I remember this is another reason why Jason is absolutely one of the greatest human beings I know. I was working at this because the first plane had just struck, and I had just walked in the door a few minutes, a few seconds, literally we're watching like, oh, my God, it's a tragedy. Javon, Javon. I didn't hear you, so I'm not sure if everybody else was. You didn't hear anything I said. Nah, you were cutting out like completely. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the audio today, man. It's, uh, my audio levels are reading red. How about now? Yeah, you're fine now. How about now? Yep. Got to get your tech consultant okay. to check you before um, you At what point... Pretty much the whole hey, thing. Man, no. I, the the was one of the greatest yeah, the tech yeah. Um, because like I said, nine eleven happened and we're sitting I was at the Smithsonian at the time, uh at the castle and we're watching everything unfold, then the second uh plane hits the tower. And at that moment I was like, Okay, this is no accident. That's not an accident at all. This is a terrorist attack. And I grabbed my my stuff and I'm like, I'm out. And everybody was like, Why? I'm like, they say a plane hit the Pentagon. We're in between the Capitol. 
the monument and the White House. What do you think? We're, we're, we're right in the line of fire. So I run out, and it's it, it's complete pandemonium. And I called Jason. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Where you at? Hey, Jason was right there in like two minutes. Two minutes. That's a friend. That's a friend. Um, but aside from that, the horror that that, that day presented, today our president of this country went to a commemorative ceremony in New York City. And what does he do? He makes, he takes that moment, a very somber, sad moment where thousands lost their lives, and he gives a double fist pump like he was walking into a goddamn bachelor party in Las Vegas. It was technically it was in Philly, it was in Pennsylvania. It was in Pennsylvania. It was, okay. They got remember they got the the third plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, but it was just like it just hit the complete lack of understand empathy of any understanding of what the moment is like. Empathy, this means just like awareness, all of it, all of it. This is and this is what I tell support. Any I'll tell any Trump supporter to their damn stupid face. This is who you support for all of your Bible thumping, for all of your America bullshit. This is the idiot that you support. That makes you worse than he is because he's been what he is. We know who he is. You are support in support of that. So you can't hide behind your pillars of faith or, or patriotism because you're, you're just as big a part of the problem as he is. So all of you get the... the I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm stealing this from uh, Charlemagne, the biggest hee-haw, because you're donkeys. Donkeys. You deserve it. And then the tweet, uh, 17 years ago was a 9-11 exclamation point. Well, you, sh- you know what he should have did too was put the LOL or the lows and some smiley faces and some the, the crying faces, or put uh, crying Michael Jordan 17 years ago, 9-11, crying Jordan. It's like, dude, somebody, some, we got to keep calling this dickhead out because it, it just, come on, come on. He's the, the, he's, he's the one donkey of the day for today. Uh, the next one, uh, dummy of the week, I got to give that to... Um, Whoever put up the uh, <laughs> whoever put up the uh, uh, Burt Reynolds, they keep doing it. By the way, the Burt Reynolds, I, know, I think somebody took that one uh, Saturday, but they keep doing it. They put up uh, Tom Selleck in a picture of him from the Mr. Baseball movie he was in <laughs> as one of Burt Reynolds' finest roles. A sport? No, it was one of his sports roles. So they put him up in. Uh, 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 Longest Yard, the other football movie he did, and him as an aged baseball player from the 1989 film Mr. Baseball, and I damn near choked to death on a bagel. That's it. All right. Well, Javon, you mentioned half of my <clears throat> my dummies of the week are all of us. After 9-11, nation was in this crazy state of chaos and everybody didn't know what was going to happen, what was going to happen next, what was going to uh, be the fallout from everything that happened on this day all those years ago. But one thing that stood out was how people didn't worry about color and sexual orientation. They were helping each other. They were in blood banks. They were sitting up trying to get people out of under trapped buildings and so forth. And we're Americans. They were, and it was like the one moment where 
everyone was on the same page and it didn't last all that long, but everybody was together and everyone who suffered through that horrific day, that was the one thing that you could stand, stand on that, man, this is America. This is, this is all right. So there's a part in Avengers and this is like a really weird analogy, but in Avengers age of Ultron, um, they're like going up. Sokovia's in the air. And there's like no hope. There's no hope. They're all going to die because they're going to run out of air, even Captain America. And then Nick Fury comes through with the shield, helicopter, and they come save the day. And Quicksilver goes, so this is shield. And Captain America goes, this is what shield could be like. On 9-11, that was what America could, should be like. And then all of a sudden, all that goodwill, all of that um, love for their fellow American has been replaced by all these stupid, idiotic barriers that we've created to divide us. We've listened to morons who stoke the flames of bigotry, and we've fallen for it. And we tweet back, no, you're a dummy. You're an idiot. You're a moron. You snowflake. You conservative idiot. And all the the one main lesson that we should have gotten from 9-11, we've forgotten. We've decided to focus on what makes us different instead of that lesson that we learned on 9-11 that we all are Americans. So for that, we are all the big dummies of the week. And that's it for me. Fellas, next week, we're going on to episode 51, the start of the next 50. And we're going to kick it off with our fall preview. What movies you all want to see for the rest of the fall? And probably the way this movie calendar works these days through December as we get into Oscar season. So start lining up your picks. Gunner, I know Mandy's going to be on your list. And we'll shoot it through next week. So that is it for me. And fellas, I could not have done 50 episodes without y'all. Straight up love you guys appreciate all the sacrifice of the time with your families or away from sitting watching the Arrowverse, whatever tuning in every week faithfully um to do the show with me so thank you all so much y'all out there listening thank y'all this episode this 50th episode of Lyle's movie files has been filed